Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Thursday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Southside Beat here on DK Pittsburgh Sports uh, YouTube channel and uh, everywhere where podcasts are heard. My name is Chris Halleck and uh, Corey Christen not joining me today. He is covering senior bowl practices down in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, yeah, so we're flying solo today. Uh, Definitely going to want to look to you guys uh, for, you know, hey, Go ahead and hop in the co-host chair. Let's uh, let's address some questions. Let's address some comments. Uh, still really, really upset about the Arthur Smith hire. Maybe I can kind of talk you down from that ledge a little bit. Uh, but I uh, definitely want to talk about We've kind of had a couple of days focusing on that hire, but now it's kind of moving forward, which is, you know, why we have the, the episode uh, titled today, the OC's hired. So what's next? Um yeah, James B uh, says Glenn Thomas has already left. That's part of it. So the next one of the next pieces um, for one of the next things to do, uh, I should say, for this team is getting the uh, offense or not just the offensive coaching staff, but the coaching coaching staff set. Um, you know, obviously, you know, this week, you know, the Shrine Bowls tonight, uh, you got Senior Bowl activities going on and then the game, the Senior Bowl game is uh, Saturday. Um, and then once that's done, obviously next week is Super Bowl week. Not saying the Steelers can't get stuff done; they probably will. Um, uh, but then that there's that gap between the Super Bowl and the Combine. It's one of the two dead periods during the NFL or just during the calendar year. Um, and uh, it is definitely uh, you know the news cycle is a little quiet, but you know you should see the Steelers kind of pop up every now and then because. Uh, the coaching staff will be, uh, um, you know, that that's around the time that like Aaron Curry was hired and, and you'll see coaching hires and stuff like that. So um, that's obviously next. Um, uh, <laughs> Mark with a account. Chris, always a true model of consistency. We love the discipline, sir. Um, uh, Mark says, uh, what's up, Chris? I'm definitely optimistic about the future offensively. Uh, I, I'm I'm definitely more optimistic than I was um, than I was under the the previous regime. Um, Arthur Smith has a track record as an offensive coordinator. It might not be the higher that a lot of people were hoping for, but it's a it's an experienced offensive coordinator, a guy who's had success as an offensive coordinator not that long ago. Um, was it last year or the year before? No, but you know, 2019, 2020, again, it wasn't like it was, uh, um, it wasn't like it was, a an eternity ago. So, um, 
let's see. Uh, Steven asks, uh, will Arthur Smith be heading down to cover the Senior Bowl too? I haven't heard anything of the sort, and the, the hiring is not official yet. The Steelers haven't officially announced it. At least I haven't seen it be officially announced. Um, so he's technically not even a team employee yet, so I would doubt it. Um, I, I don't think he'd be there. Um, Combine might be a different story. Um, let's see. Uh, Hodge says, you're calling him on DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's, he's my initial ha- initial hatred for the hire. Chris, great article. Appreciate it. It's still, uh, I think it's still atop the site. Um, it is, uh, um, it took, it was 2,900 words. It's a really, you know, deep dive into Arthur Smith's offense, specifically what he did more at Tennessee with a little bit of a, a glimpse of what he did in Atlanta. Um, didn't want to completely ignore his Atlanta days, but obviously we're judging this. At least I'm judging it more as what he does in offensive coordinator, not as a head coach, because they are two different things. Um, so, yeah, um, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you so much. Uh, any any feedback I get at all on, on, on anything that I do, I appreciate. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, obviously compliments are are very much appreciated. Uh, Lori asks, are they going to allow Arthur Smith to hire the staff he wants? Um, he'll have a say for sure. I mean, he, he might make recommendations. Uh, ultimately, all, all coaching hires are Mike Tomlin's decision. Um, I think when you look at existing guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball, Mike Tomlin is you know, probably um, again, Mike Tomlin will have the final say on on everybody who who stays and who goes. Um, or if th- there's a certain coach that they are definitely not bringing back. Um, I've heard a little bit of stuff about what's going on with the coaching staff, but uh, tune into Friday Insider for that. Uh, I'm not going to spill any beans here, um, but uh, you know, I, that I will say that 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 situation, like the, the offensive side of the of the of the of the staff is still very, very much. Um, it's still very much a fluid situation. Um, really, uh, th- th- yeah, I, I can't really say anything else right now. So um, <laughs> James B says, if it wasn't for Chris, we get a lot less south south side beat. Corey's quite busy uh, on the beat. Yeah, I mean, senior bowl, man, it's fun. It's time consuming. You know, it's a lot of time down there in Mobile, but uh, it, it's uh, it's fun for sure. I don't like I'm trying to think of like last year, like we I was like if we had like a show while I was there last year, it would have been very, very difficult just because the, the timing of the show versus the, the timing of the practice and everything. Um, Pop says, I hope to keep Eddie Faulkner. I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, he, he's uh, he earned the interim offensive coordinator position for a reason. Um he did. He's done some very good work as running backs coach. Uh, would not surprise me if he returns, but uh, it is not 100% certain at this point. Um, we do know, as I said, mentioned earlier, Glenn Thomas is, is gone. He uh, took a job at Nebraska. Uh, he's going back to the college ranks. So, um, yeah. Let's see. We'll go through the, through the comments here. <laughs> Mark says, this is why we're not owners. Fans are hard to please. We always have to think. We always think we have the better answers. Yeah, fans always do. Um, and that's not a shot at fans or anything like that. You know, you, I think there's a really good portion of the fan base that is pretty, you know, well, you know, educated or, or at least knows a little bit about the game. Um, but you know, it's it's one thing to think those things, and then to, but it's a whole other thing to think that what you know is automatically more than what somebody who's actually in the building talking to the people know. 
that's that's where the, the line gets a little like okay you're you're getting a little ridiculous even in my field like in my purse like my own like whenever i was on the beat yes i'm talking to people on the inside but i never thought like hey i've got all the answers here i know everything i didn't know everything and i'm always looking to know more you can never think that you know enough or that you just automatically know more than anybody else because the the fact of the matter is like especially for me i always think there's more that i can learn um, so I, I just think humility is a, is a good trait to have. doesn't matter what, what the, what the situation is. Uh, Pittsburgh toddy 86. Is there any information as to whether Smith wants Mason back? I don't think it really matters what Smith wants when it comes to that. Both Mike Tomlin and Art Rooney, the second have both said that they want Mason back. Uh, so the, the, the organization will go after Mason one way or the other, regardless of what Smith thinks. Um, I'm sure Smith will, uh, uh, Smith will have a say again when it comes to the quarterback situation. Uh, but both Tomlin and Rooney want Mason Rudolph back. Um, right now it's about getting it done. So that's the, the most important thing. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, B Phil says, unfortunately, Mason, we have to wait for. Yeah, it's true. I mean, free agency, free agency doesn't start until middle of March. Um, I'd be shocked if they signed him, if they re-signed him before free agency started. They can. Um, but if I'm Mason, based off of what's happened, I at least want to see what else is out there. I want to see what my market is. Um, you know, as soon as that legal tampering period is open, which is usually 48 hours before um, free agency officially starts, which is why you start to see like you know, players agree to terms with what are you doing, man. My dog's like right up on me. Um, you know, you know, once you, that's why you start to see that like two days before a free agency officially begins, you won't see teams announce anything because free agency hasn't officially begun yet, but there's a legal tampering period. So, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, um, if I'm Mason, I, I I'm I'm con- I'm just I want to see what my market. As soon as that legal tampering period's open, I want to see who all reaches out. Uh, I want to see who's interested. What kind of you know what kind of length contract length, um, you know what my, what the what the obviously the value of the contracts are, um, and then you know the Steelers kind of might have an idea, uh, you know that th- you know ba- you know from any potential, um you know, you know, prior conversations, but, um, you know, I, I don't even know if it's a situation and Mason's going to, you know, give them the, you know, the courtesy of being like, Hey, this, this team is offering me this many years for this much. Can you match? He didn't have to do that. He's an unrestricted free agent. He can sign with whoever he wants. Um, Barbara says, see, that's why I think you're super cool. Chris on Carol Corey says, I appreciate that. Barbara, <laughs> uh, B Phil asked why can we, because he's our free agent. Yes. Yeah. You can resign. Um, uh, obviously restricted free agents teams have, uh, rights over regardless, uh, because they're restricted. You have the right to match and there's different levels of restricted free agents in football. And I'm not going to get into the, into the, all the nitty gritty detail right now. Um, but, teams have rights to that player. They have the right to match or they have the right to let them walk uh, unrestricted free agents. Obviously it's wherever the player wants to go um, based off of the offers he gets, obviously. Um, 
But yes, they can negotiate with him prior to uh, free agency actually officially opening up or even when the legal tampering period uh, period opens because he is the Steelers' unrestricted free agent. They can do that with any of their unrestricted free agents if they want to. Um, let's see. Um, Hodge, uh, 3115, uh, says my dislike for the choice stems, and I'm assuming this is choice for offensive coordinator stems from wanting a passing game that helps lighten the nine to 11 players. The defense will puts in the box. Mason forced teams to play the pass, uh, really opening up the rushing game. The good thing. And, and, and just from the, from the, from the, the, the little bit of film that I've watched, on Arthur Smith's uh, offense, especially in Tennessee, is that play action was a big, a big way to to you know obviously counter that. You know, teams are going to load the box, they're going to look look for ways to to stop the running game. Um, a big part of that is you know how the offensive line blocks. You know, when you have loaded boxes, but play action is going to be going to be a big situation. You know, a big you know um, a big way to counter that. Another another way to counter certain things is, you know, whenever is getting that pre-snap motion. You know, you move a tight end from, you know, you originally have like I the tight end is lined up as a fullback in I formation and then you move them off to, you know, maybe the 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 strong side and then or maybe move them to the weak side and then see if the safety rolls down. If the safety rolls down, you know you have numbers on the opposite side on the strong side of the play. So then you can then check the play and then go, okay, we're running wide zone, but instead of running wide zone to the weak side, now we're going to run to the strong side because the safety rolled down on the weak side. Uh, there's a lot of different things that you can do to counter what teams do when they load the box. Um, it's not just as simple as like, Hey, we have, we can only run the f- football efficiently when there's seven or less in the box. It's a lot easier. Sure. When there's less bodies for sure. But Arthur Smith has a lot of practice at being successful at running against boxes that are pretty loaded. Um, specifically because of all the heavy personnel he uses, the 12 personnel, 13 personnel, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Swan uh, says we should have signed enough uh, room under the cap uh, to make some impact signings, uh, or we should have enough room under the cap. I can't read. Um, yes. Uh, if you look at like over the cap right now, it looks like the Steelers are like horribly over the cap. Again, just cutting Allen Robinson and Accor for immediately gets the Steelers in the green by almost $3 million. Just those two guys. That's not looking at any other cuts. That's not looking at any trades that can be made. That's not looking at any contract restructures, which there will be a, a couple of restructures. I would expect TJ Watt to get a, a restructure this offseason. That's conjecture on my part. That's not based on any inside information or anything. Um, that's not including somehow approaching Cam Hayward about an extension or anything so that they can lower that $22 million cap hit without actually asking him to take a pay cut. Um, there's a number of different ways that they can create plenty of cap room to do what they need to do. Um, is it as much as last year? No, probably not, but they can still do a, a, enough to create plenty of, plenty of cap space. And if there's anything you should trust Omar Khan to do, it's that. <laughs> Dude knows how to work the cap. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Um, if I miss some questions, I'm sorry. I just I want to be able to hit as many as I can. Um, yeah, Hodge says currently 19 million over. Um, let me see what over the cap is. If that's on over the cap, I swear because over the cap, it, that number keeps going up every single, um, every single day I look. It, it's it just it seems like it's it's going up every single day. I don't know why. So I'm gonna look right now. Uh, pull that up. I'm on my old computer here. Let's go to cap calculator. Pittsburgh Steelers. According to overthecap.com, it's 16 million over right now. Um, yeah, 16 million over according to, uh, over the cap.com cutting Allen Robinson immediately. We'll do some, we'll do some cap exercises. I have pulled, pulled this up immediately since I have this pulled up, we'll, we'll do some cap exercises, but immediately $10 million by cutting, um, by cutting Allen Robinson. So let's do that. 10 million. Now you're down to 6 million in the red. Let's cut a core for that saves 8.75 million. Now you're at 2.7 million in cap space. Um, just that right there. Um, Hodge says just read the projected cap is um, to be 240 up from 224. Uh, according to over the cap, uh, they have the cap at 244, 244.3 actually. So um, yeah, that's that's an estimate. Um, that's not official yet, but it, it will be. Um, let's see some other see, and this is where this is where I say, like, again, I, not an indictment on the player, indictment on the contract. Um, Patrick Peterson will carry if he's not cut, will carry a nine point seven seven five million cap hit next season that is an awfully high cap hit and what you can do is immediately cut him and save 6.85 million if you were to add that now the Steelers have almost 9.6 million in cap space just by cutting Allen Robinson Chooksacore 4 and Patrick Peterson uh let's go down to Mason Cole that saves an extra 475 now you're at 14.3 in cap space um Demonte KZ, he is he will carry a 3.875 million. Uh, you could keep him or you could save three million dollars by cutting him. There you go. That's up to 17.3 million in cap space. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, should, I saw somebody bring up uh, Presley Harvin. Uh, let's see, what's Presley Harvin's contract? Uh, it's his fourth year, so I would assume it's a pretty sizable contract. I won't say sizable, but I mean he wasn't it wasn't like he was a like um his Presley Harvin's cap hit would be one point zero seven five million, so not even one point one, but he would only carry twenty thousand hundred and eighty three dollars in in dead money, so you could save one point zero five five million by cutting him. Let's just cut him. Now you're up to eighteen, almost eighteen point four million in cap space by cutting Presley Harvin too. So, um. And then uh, this is one of the reasons why I like over the cap. Uh, Levi Wallace, I saw somebody ask about Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace is a free agent, unrestricted free agent. So he does he does not count towards the cap right now. Um, oh, yeah. Somebody brought that up. I don't know why I didn't think of it. Cut Mitch. Uh, let's see. Now we can add on cutting Mitch Trubisky. That saves. You're going you're gonna to carry some dead money here. 
um, but it still saves money. You're not in the red by cutting him. There will be dead money of four point six million if you cut him, but you save uh, two point nine million. So let's cut him. Now you're up to twenty one point three million in cap space um, by cutting Mitch uh, on top of that. So so far I have cut. Allen Robinson, Chuksakor for Patrick Peterson, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Cole, Demonte KZ, and Presley Harvin. And by doing those things alone, I have created $21.3 million in cap space. That is not counting. Let's restructure TJ Watt's contract real quick. This is one thing, I, one reason I love uh, overthecap.com. Restructuring TJ Watt's contract creates $9.92 million in cap space. Let's do that. Uh, restructure, boom, up to $31.2 million in cap space. Let's extend or renegotiate with Cam Hayward. An estimated savings of $11.8 million in cap space by doing that with Cam Hayward. Uh, that one I actually have to do some, do some numbers on. There's not, uh, an, an automatic thing there. But the potential of saving up to that much by extending or re or renegotiating, um, Barbara says, add Larry O. I don't think Larry is going to be going to be cut. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I can do it just to see what it would do. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen though. I don't think Larry Ogunjobi is going to get cut. Um, let's find him here. Hold on a second. Uh, where is he? Oh, there we go. Yeah. So he has a cap hit of 13.28, uh, million. Uh, let's see. Let me open that. I'll open up his, let me look at the rest of his contract really quick. So he's got two years left. If you cut him, you're going to have seven, just over seven million in dead cap in dead money in dead money this year. And then you're going to have another three and a half of dead money next year. It's one of the reasons why I don't think he's going to get cut um, because you're also carrying dead money. Now you still can save 6.2 million in cap space by cutting Larry Ogunjobi now. Um, and, 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 I agree, Brian, like Larry, he says Larry O doesn't have 13 million of production. I agree with that. I, I do agree that Larry Ogunjobi does not produce enough to be paying him $13 million. I agree. Maybe you could find a trade partner or something. I, I, I don't know. Uh, this is why I'm not. Um, <laughs> Barbara said now saying, let's keep Larry O. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely a kind of a disappointing contract as of right now. Um, but again, you're not completely cap strapped. You know, if you were to do that, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to eat, you know, 10 and a half million, 10.6 million in dead money over two seasons. If you cut them now, um, I, I would look at him as a cap casualty next season, unless he just has a phenomenal year this year. Um, and Rick brings it up here. Larry will never be healthy. Yeah, that one's uh, yeah, uh, that's bad. Brings up uh, restructure Minka. I believe, if memory serves me correctly, Minka was restructured last season. Uh, usually, you won't do that, and you won't. Uh, let me see. I mean, you can restructure. You can restructure him again, 
and save 8.9 million in cap space by doing that. You can do that. Let me pull up Minka's contract though. Cuz again, you can, can you can restructure but you don't new, usually want to do it twice, usually. Uh because what you run into at that point again, the money that you take out of you know just to kind of explain this a little bit, the money that you take out of what their cap hit will be this season to save the cap space. Now that has to, what that has done. If you take, you know, X amount, you know, let's say you take $6 million and this isn't regards to make or anything. I'm just using this as an example. Let's say a, a player has um, three years remaining on his contract after the upcoming season. Okay. And you want to take $6 million of his current cap hit in the upcoming season and you know, it saves six million. Save that six million in cap space, and you want to restructure. You take that six million, and then you evenly split it as signing bonus money through the net, the whatever years are left. So then it would be two million, two million, till two million for those three remaining seasons, right? So you save six million now, and then you evenly distribute. So that's why contract restructures are always. Um, uh, attractive to do in the early stages of the contract because it's more evenly distributed over the rema- remaining years of the contract. If the, if the guy only has a year or two left, it doesn't do that much for you now as it would compared to you know a guy who's got three, four years left. Um, Minka, he does have three years left, 24, 25, 26. Um, if you were to restructure him, uh, you would save... Um, you know, 8.9 million this season, and then also save 7.1 million next season. Uh, but that following that that last year will be a hefty year because again, that money has to go somewhere. Contrary to popular belief, the NFL salary cap is not a myth. All of that money, all of that that guaranteed money has to be accounted for one way or the other. Uh, pops 73 says Najee's fifth year option will be roughly 10 million. I believe I, I don't think it'll be that much. Um, I, I do not think it'll be that much. I think, I don't know the exact science on it, uh, on the fifth year option, but I think it, Matt Williamson wrote about it in his war room piece a couple of weeks ago. And I think it would be around the six or 7 million range for his fifth year option. I don't think it's $10 million. I don't think it's that much. Um, you start looking at those kind of numbers whenever you start talking about franchise tags. So fifth year option is almost a foregone conclusion at this point. So, um, but you know, that, that, but all of this exercises that we're doing with the cap is part of what's coming up because Omar Khan and Andy Weidel are going to have to figure out ways to create room to add, uh, to address some needs on this roster in free agency. That's what free agency is for. You address some needs. Um, I believe the Steelers need a center and just, you know, I, I, again, I haven't taken a deep dive into free agency yet. I've been focused so much on offensive coordinator stuff. And now that that's kind of out of the way and I've done a deep dive on Arthur Smith. Now I can start to kind of do a little bit more draft prep, free agency prep, that kind of stuff. I'm looking forward to doing that. But from what I've seen on the surface, it's a good free agent class in terms of centers. Maybe you do that. Um, uh, and, and so I, 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 I would, uh, Hodge says it right there, 6.66 million for Najee. Uh, that, that sounds accurate to me. Um, so 
yeah, Bob's saying the same thing. Six point six eight neighborhood of the of the neighbor of the beast. That's funny. Um, but uh, and Mark says Legarius Need and draft a center. There will be centers in the draft, whether it's uh, you know JPJ from from Oregon or whether it's uh, um, uh, what's his name Frazier from uh, West Virginia. Uh, whether it's a you know it, it's got to be a guy who's going to fit into the system. It's got to be a, a super athletic center. Um, that can really help with these wide zone concepts that are in Arthur Smith's offense. So um, uh, Rick asked, what's the draft look, looking like for possession receivers? Uh, I know it's a deep class for receivers. I'm not exactly sure when it comes to, I, again, I haven't done a lot of homework on the draft yet. That's going to be starting here coming up now, especially during that period. So those who, who enjoy my chalk talk pieces, I was just talking about, we were actually just talking about it as, as a like, you know, company between DK Corey and myself yesterday. Uh, my chalk talk pieces from between the Super Bowl and the combine are going to be all draft related. I'm going to be focusing solely on the draft, looking at some prospects. I'll probably be looking at positions and then looking at certain players and how they would fit into what the Steelers want to do, either on offense or on defense. Uh, so that is what you can look forward to with chalk talk. And again, that's not that far away. Super Bowl is a week from Sunday. After that, like first chalk talk after the Super Bowl and every single one up to the combine, that's what, what that's going to be. Um, and Barbara says we can only have one JPJ on the team. I'll tell you what, from what he looks like at the senior bowl, what he looked like in college. Uh, and if he has a good combine, I'm telling you right now, um, Jackson powers Johnson would be a heck of a get, uh, in the draft if they could get him. um, they they need a they need a good center that can uh, and not just a good center but specifically a really athletic center that can run these wide zone perimeter zone schemes in uh, Arthur Smith's offense. That is a must. If you don't have a center that can do that, it's not going to work. Ben Jones was very very good good with that in Tennessee. Um, yeah, that they have to be able to do that. If not, it's gonna it's gonna be tough sledding to run the ball. Either that or Arthur Smith is gonna be very, very much tinkering his his playbook to tailor to more gap and man schemes, which honestly, it would not surprise me if he did. Like I think that's one thing that that you know, I, I don't think you know he's gonna come in and he's so married to a specific, you know, system that he's like, I can't, I'm not changing it. Kyle Shanahan changed it, Sean McVay changed it, they had to. Defenses are getting better against perimeter zone runs. So maybe Arthur Smith does, does the same thing, sees what the Steelers have in terms of personnel. Maybe he thinks, okay, yeah, maybe we'll still be primarily a zone running team, but maybe we'll do more gap and man that, than normally normally have done before. Uh, let's see, man. Um, uh, good time for a couple more. I, I got I to gotta run. I know we got a late start today, so I wanted to at least hit the 30-minute mark. Um, Pop 73 says, I loved our draft philosophy last year. Hope we keep that strong physical approach. I mean, phenomenal rookie class last year. And, and I think, you know, when you look at what the Steelers did, um, I think you did see a good blend of addressing needs, but also taking best player available. Um, you know, tackle in the first round, we knew tackle was a need. Um, wasn't as big of a need in terms of, oh my God, we don't have players there as a couple of other positions. No, I thought cornerback was a bigger need than tackle was in terms of the way the position looked on paper. Um, you at least had two starting tackles that were 
you know, inconsistent, but had flashes of being able to be good in certain, in certain instances, um, cornerback, they were lacking a lot. And now granted they addressed cornerback and with the, with that 32nd overall pick. Um, but I do feel like taking Broderick Jones was a good blend of best player available, but also it does help us in a, in an area of need. Joey Porter Jr. Same thing. Best player available. A lot of people thought he had a, you know, thought he was a first round cornerback. Some people thought he was arguably the best cornerback in the class in a very deep class. And he didn't even get drafted in the first round. So definitely best player available there. Just so happens that also met with a, 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 a position of need. Uh, Keanu Benton. Yeah. You needed help on the defensive line, but wasn't as big of a need as some other ones could have been best player available. Darnell Washington was tight end. Really that much of a need. Yeah, sure, but I mean, you had you know Pat Fryermuth, you, you know Zach Gentry and Connor Hayward. You could run back with that, but you kind of take best player available. Now you upgrade the position. You know, you make that position better. Uh, edge rusher, definitely not a position in need, but they take Nick Herbig. Now that position is phenomenally set. Even if Marcus Golden doesn't come back, you've got T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Nick Herbig, without adding anybody else or bringing Golden back phenomenal um always go best player available over over drafting this is this like if you look through like 2000 to 2012 like that era of drafting the Steelers drafted phenomenally and a lot of the times it was because they stuck with best player available they didn't go oh we need this more than anything so we have to take that position in the first round and they've kind of done that a little bit more they've kind of done the opposite here in recent years. You know, you've seen, you know, a little, you know, the, 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 the epitome of that has kind of been like the already burned selection. Was he the, really the best player available on your board? If he was, there was some serious homework not being done there. Cause there were better players available uh, at, at, at several different positions, but they took a cornerback because they needed a cornerback. Um, you know, I think about trading up to get Devin Bush, Steelers were desperate to, to, to fill the shoes of Ryan Shazier, you know, um, Hey, that's bad. Brings up a good one. Kenny Pickett wasn't best player available. I mean, maybe, maybe it was best player available, but uh, you know, this is also where you go. Like how much do you value quarterback? Obviously quarterback is the most valuable position, but like how much do you value? Like, a quarterback, you know, a pretty decent quarterback versus like a really good off-ball linebacker. You know, I'm just using that as a as a you know. So, I, yeah, um, there th- that that's debatable for sure. Um, and really, like of, of all the recent first round picks, like you know, I have to I have to bring bring all them up because I don't want to miss anybody. Um, Let's see. Let me just bring this up real quick. List of Steelers first round picks. I don't want to get this wrong. So this would kind of be the bonus uh, section of the uh, bonus section of the show, like kind of to close this out. Uh, 2023, Broderick Jones, jury's still out. Kenny Pickett. I'd say two years on a bit underwhelming, but you're – I'll say this jury's still out. If you haven't yet come up on having to make a decision on the fifth year option. So there's two guys, the jury's still out on Broderick Jones, Kenny Pickett Steelers have to make a, uh, make a decision on Najee Harris. It's a foregone conclusion. Easy slam dunk to pick up Najee Harris's fifth year option. 
people might not like taking a running back in the first round, but he's had uh, he's gotten at least a thousand yards rushing each of his first three seasons. I have no issue with the pick. It's not it's not a bust at all at all. Anybody wants to argue differently? Uh, I disagree. Twenty twenty, they didn't have one, but they used it to get Minka Fitzpatrick. So don't have an issue with that. 2019, Devin Bush reaching for a position. 2018, Terrell Edmonds reaching for a lot of things there. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, good, you know, decent player, uh, just didn't live up to the, the hype of a first rounder. 2017, TJ Watt, slam dunk. Uh, 2016, Artie Burns reaching for a position. 2015, Bud Dupree, you know, again, kind of reaching for a position there. Um, didn't turn into the first round player, but turned into a productive player. I don't have as much of an issue with that one. Uh, so you can see like recent, you know, years, but then you go back prior to that. I'm just going to go 2014 all the way back to 2000 and tell me where there's a bad pick. Really, there's only one. Ryan Shazier, Jarvis Jones, there's the bad one. David DeCastro, Cam Hayward, Marquise Pouncey, Ziggy Hood, Rashard Mendenhall, Lawrence Timmons, Antonio Holmes, Heath Miller, Ben Roethlisberger, Troy Polamalu, Kendall Simmons, Casey Hampton, Plexico Burris. One bad pick in a 15-year span. And it's because they didn't try to get positions. They were getting best player available. That's what they need to get back to. That's looking a lot further down the line than what's next after hiring an offensive coordinator, but that's the bonus portion of the show that we got to do. Um, Man, Bob brings up a point here. TJ was bagged on by many as being a one-dimensional player when he was drafted. Yeah. Yeah, B. Phil, you know, I know that somebody was going to bring it up. Didn't like Mendenhall either first-round running back. No, I mean, but he was, I mean, uh, up until the, the fumble in the Super Bowl, I mean, he was a good running back. He was a good running back. He was a productive running back. Um, you know, he's always going to be remembered for the fumble in the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, fair or unfair, that's what he's going to be remembered for. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Football Geek Shane says, I want a big fan of Burris. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, receiver in the first round, it's not, it's not, it's not great. It's, it's you know, the Steelers have had way more success getting receivers later in, in the draft, but, Listen, Plexico Burris was a productive receiver, man. He he was. I mean, he uh, obviously, you know, shoot, man, there was at least one season in there, if not two, that both him and Heinz Ward had 1,000-yard seasons in the same year. I think it was 02, if I'm not mistaken. 01 or 02. I can't remember which year. Um, But, I mean, Plexico Burris was a productive receiver. He just didn't, you know, he wanted to get paid, and, you know, Steelers weren't going to pay him. You know, and I don't blame them for that. They had Heinz Ward. And if you have to choose between Heinz Ward and Plexico Burris, it's that's an easy decision. <laughs> that's an easy decision right there. <laughs> the guy who at least deserves, you know, consideration for the Hall of Fame versus a guy who was who probably belongs in the Hall of pretty good. You know, Burris is a good was a good receiver and he was a productive receiver for the Steelers. Wow. Yeah, Bob. Bob brings this up, dude. When you gave Roethlisberger a receiver who could, uh, who could high point a ball, that's good eating. Yep, that's why Burris had a, such a good year in Ben's rookie year. Um, yeah. All right, I gotta wrap this up. I gotta go pick up my kids from school. We're at thirty-eight minutes now on the show. Um, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the draft. Trust me. 
Uh, but yeah, next it's all about, you know, after hiring Arthur Smith, now it's about getting the, the coaching staff set in order. It's also about trying to figure out what you're going to do next, how, how hiring Arthur Smith adjusts, how you go about things in free agency, how you go about things in the draft. I don't think it addresses the draft too much because again, you should be drafting more on best player available than positions like positions in need, but could it alter what the Steelers want to do in free agency? Might they go into free agency now and say, we got to get a center no matter what, you know, we got to upgrade center and we can't risk waiting until the draft to get it done. We need to get one in free agency. Um, you know, that, that, that could be, uh, yeah, that, that could be, that could be something that changes because Arthur Smith's system previously in the past requires a center, which the Steelers do not have on the roster. So, that's why I think it's probably their biggest need right now, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, you look at cornerback, they need to get some depth there. You'd like to get some more depth at off-ball linebacker, beef up the, the trenches on the interior of the defensive line. Uh, they, they definitely have some other issues to address in free agency, but center might be the biggest need. All right, guys, appreciate the time. Uh, Corey will be back tomorrow. Uh, we will talk, uh, obviously, more about uh, everything that he saw at the Senior Bowl practices uh, it's always a good week down there. Um, he, he's been putting up plenty of interviews from, from prospects down there up on our YouTube channel right here on the same YouTube channel. So after this is done, you know, after this ends, go over to our other content. You'll see those interviews. Uh, appreciate you guys. Um, Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for tuning in. Like subscribe, uh, share with a friend, uh, share with a family member. Um, Appreciate you guys so much. Uh, your support is what makes this show go. So thank you, everybody. Catch you guys on the flippity flip. That's my alarm. I got to get going. Bye, everybody. See you later.